Thanks for downloading this episode from Teachers Talk Radio. You can find the full schedule and listen back to all our shows at ttradio.org. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, uh, Tom Rogers here, director at Teachers Talk Radio. Um, last week, we had a fantastic time going to the Schools and Academy show in Birmingham. Uh, this was this is a big sort of trade show. Lots and lots of speakers, lots of educational suppliers, lots of teachers walk, wandering around. Uh, really interesting speakers. Anyway, we went there last week, myself and also Paul Hazard, uh, one of our hosts at Teachers Talk Radio. So there was two of us there. Um, we were working with a fantastic company called Eat and X for the day. Um, if you haven't heard of Eat and X, I highly recommend checking them out. Um, they offer a range of free online courses for students in state schools. For state school students, these courses are completely free and they cover lots of the soft skills, lots of the typical ones where students say things like, sir, how do I revise? Um, things like that. Um, Eat and X courses have an answer to those. It's study skills, it's critical thinking, it's public speaking. It's those soft skills that are often overlooked perhaps in schools or where there isn't necessarily a resource available for them. These online courses are a really fantastic offer. Um, You can track the courses as a teacher. You can also get a printable certificate which is sent to you at school um, for any students who complete any of the courses through ENX. So that's who we were with on the day. It was was great, uh, great fun. Uh, really, really great to work with with James and the rest of the Eatonx team. Also, um, we spoke to a lot of people during the show. We did lots and lots of inter- interviews with people at the show um, on various different topics. Uh, myself and Paul did a lot of those interviews. And in this podcast, in this special podcast, we are going to take you through the highlights from those interviews. We've picked out the best bits, we've picked out the best interviewees that we interviewed, and we've compiled them into this special Schools and Academy show podcast with Eaton X, which you are now going to listen to. Thank you very much for clicking play on this, uh, and I hope you enjoy the content. See you at the end. So I'm here at the Eaton X stand at the Skills and Academy show and I'm with Sam, Sam Barrett. Sam, what brings you here today? Um, the school that I'm wor- working at currently, we're looking to advance our IT provision for our students to maximise their results and we're looking to get as much insight as possible to hopefully roll out a one-to-one device programme for students in the future, maximise AI for student outcomes and essentially you know, level up our students with the you know, technical world that they live in so that ultimately we can maximise their results and grades. Good. Do you have any fears about AI and students? Yeah, I've been teaching for a very long time. I've been 18 years now. And um, my fear is that sort of the things that AI and technology brings into the classroom, potential safeguarding issues, potential distractions for students, and obviously, you know, being a bit long in the tooth, the student's ability to navigate the technology might be superior to mine, whereas, you know, page 22 will always be page 22 in a textbook. 
So um, fingers crossed we can find the answers here today. Yeah. You're a bit harsh on yourself, Sam. Now you don't look much older than 18. <laughs> you're, carrying, you're carrying the years very well. Very kind. Uh, a lot of caffeine will do that to you, sir. It does indeed, yeah. Well, look, Sam, have a great day. I hope you find the answers you need. Okay? Thank you very much, sir. Take care. Have Thank a lovely you. day. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Okay, so I'm here at the Eaton X stand and I'm with two live teachers today who are going to introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Sophie Roberts. I'm Head of Maths at Bayes Gaff School. Hi, I'm Amy Wyatt. I'm Numeracy Lead at Bayes Gaff School. And what brings you here today, ladies? Uh, I came to the London show and I made quite a lot of contacts. So I'm here again today with my Numeracy Lead to make a little bit more contacts for our school. Super duper. And what are you hoping to get out of today? Um, just to meet new people, see if there's anything that we can be using in our practice to help engage our students more. And is it good to be out of school? Uh, uh, I don't want to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> How diplomatic. Well, look, I hope you have a good day. Enjoy yourselves. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. We're back on the floor at the Schools and Academy show in Birmingham. Uh, I've got a very special guest here, which is Martin Comelin, um, who is a head teacher at Maudsley and Bethlehem Hospital School. Um, now, I've never heard of a hospital school before, Martin, so maybe you could tell our listeners a little bit about what a hospital school is. Thank you, Tom, for talking to me today. Yes, I'm very happy to explain a bit about hospital education. Uh, we are a small sector, but we do exist across the country in a wide variety of different forms and in different sort of... Uh, uh, we, we are based in hospitals. Sometimes we are commissioned by local authorities. Um, the thing that um, we have in common across the country is that we work with children and young people who are being treated for medical conditions, either medical or psychiatric, who will not be able to attend their home school for a particular period of time. Uh, my own school is based in South London in the Bethlehem and Morsley hospitals. They're both psychiatric hospitals, uh, quite famous psychiatric hospitals. And so we work in my school with young people who are patients of these hospitals and they attend our school whilst they're there and we do everything we can to give them the best quality of education whilst they're in hospital. So is, as a teacher in your hospital school, do I go into the wards then? Where do I actually do my lessons? It's a great question. So yes, uh, you would go onto the wards and uh, we don't teach by the bedside in my hospital school because that is, it's not that kind of hospital, but we do teach on the wards um, and we go into um, study areas on the wards, but we also have discrete school buildings and actual classrooms where the young people come off the wards and actually come to the school, make the journey to school and spend the day with their teachers. Wow, that's amazing. And I mean, do you find that a lot, obviously it's a hospital, so the children are there, young people are there because they're sick in some way. Um, do they want to engage with your school? How, how, do you, how do you make this attractive to them? It's a really interesting 
interesting question, Tom. Uh, what we find, and I have worked in the sector for 17 years, so I know it very well, that for a young person, particularly coming into psychiatric hospital um, for treatment, usually there's been you know, a difficult experience and a difficult point in their lives. And school is a very normalizing force. It is very appealing for young people who have come into hospital in an unfamiliar situation, perhaps away from family and friends, to realize, here's a school, here's teachers, here's school books. Oh, look, they've already made contact with my home school. They're speaking to my teachers. Oh, look, here's some work that's arrived from my home school. I'm going to be able to work here and keep up to date. So we find that actually school is a great uh, structure and I would never call education therapeutic because the hospital does all those bits and pieces but I do have to say that um, a, an excellent education offer is absolutely key in helping these young people to leave hospital and to reintegrate back to their home schools in the best way possible. And how many teachers do you have? So we are quite a small school, uh, so we have 15 teachers. That's quite, I mean, I think that's quite a lot for a sort of hospital school. It sounds like quite a lot. Um, well, listen, Martin, a fantastic chat. I've, I'm definitely going to find out more about this uh, after the show today uh, and find out what it's all about because I've never heard of it before. Maybe you can come on a, a Teachers Talk radio show proper and we can have a more detailed chat. But thank you very much and enjoy the rest of your show. Thank you, Tom. Have you checked out EatonX? Well, if not, head over to EatonX.com. If you work at a state school, all of your students can get free access right now to EatonX, an extensive library of online courses for you and your students to access on demand whenever they want. Check it out, EatonX.com, E-T-O-N-X.com. Enjoy. So I'm here at the Schools and Academy show today and with me is... Tommy. Hi Tommy, how are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. How are you? Going good, going good. It's a long day. Sore feet, sore knees, sore back. But anyway, great day. Yeah. Um, so why did you come along today, Tommy? I think it's just a good opportunity to uh, do a bit of networking. Um, you know, there's some good, there's some good um, talks on, trying to get some new ideas. Um, fill up my bag of freebies um, and yeah it's just that chance to get out of school as well and hear some hear from some different people and like I said get, get those new ideas fresh ideas and what's your role in school Tommy so I'm the safeguard and welfare officer and uh, deputy DSL um, so working around safeguarding SEMH needs welfare all that kind of stuff okay. and is that a role has that role got a lot fuller lately yeah I mean it's um, it keeps me busy for sure um, you know coming out of lockdown and you know the cost of living crisis you know pretty much everything now revolves around safeguarding welfare the mental health crisis it's um, it's a difficult state of affairs at the minute I'm not gonna lie it's a challenging job I used to do that job myself um, but it can be rewarding do you find oh, it rewarding incredibly um, before I got into education, I did a lot of different work and um, this kind of stuff. It's, it's the only time I've ever woke up in the morning and not looked for an excuse not to go into work. You know, it's um, I couldn't see myself doing anything else now. It's um, I know they don't like to call 
education of vocation because of you know, the implications of that with pay and stuff, but safeguarding and stuff, it, it definitely is. It's not something you can go into just as a rung on the ladder. You've got to be kind of all in and um, it's heavy, but I love it. And it does require special qualities and skills and abilities, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it, so we, we recently just advertised and, and appointed a, an SEMH mentor, so social, emotional and mental health, and it's difficult because you get CVs, but that doesn't tell you if that person's empathetic, if they're warm, if they're, you know, those, those soft skills are really important for those kind of jobs. And yeah, you can go and do your training, but how are you actually translating that training to the conversations and stuff like that? So yeah, it's it's those soft skills are really, really important. Tommy, you do a great job. Thank you very much for talking to Thank us today. Thank you very today. much. Thank you. Okay, be safe. So I'm at the Schools and Academy show and today I'm talking to... Uh, Becky Dwyer, I'm the head of the Royal School for Blind in Liverpool, Wavertree. Great. Okay, so what brings you here today, Vicky? Uh, so we're hoping to find out some new ideas and innovations that we can take back to school to work with our children and our staff to improve teaching and learning. And it's, you know, almost the end of the day. It's been a long, tiring day. It has been a long day. Have you found anything you can take back? I have found. We've found loads. I mean, you can see by the amount of bags and goodies that we've, we've got here. Um, it, there's been a massive um, selection at the show uh, in terms of, you know, from finance side of things to school improvement to resources. And the talks have been excellent. They've got a great um, selection of hosts as well. So it's been really informative in terms of keeping up to date on what's going on in SCND. So Vicky, before we turn the microphones on, yeah. we had a quick chat about your wellbeing wall yep. in the staff room. Yep. Tell me about that. So we do a lot of wellbeing things in school. We've got uh, from you know um, support for staff and pupils. Um, but yeah, we're looking. Our wellbeing wall can have loads of different information on, uh, just from signposting, you know, for general things, through to recipes to improve health. Um, to obviously, you've just given us something now to listen to this. So it's just general information really on things that are going on, things that we might like. We did one in the summer where everybody just put a photo on of something we've done in the holidays. So it was just to share nice things, make people smile. Um, you know, jokes, riddles, just bits of fun that you know can be shared, as well as magazines, newspapers, stuff like that, that we can all just sit, have a chill, and maybe get away from the world for a few minutes. No pressure, Vicky, but do you have a joke for us? Oh my goodness, I'm terrible with jokes. Um, what do you call a door that's not a door? I don't know. What do you call a door that's not a door? A jar. That's a very old one. <laughs> <coughs> sorry, but it's sorry. A good one. I'm not a good jokes person. Well, that was a good one. It's okay. a classic, that it one. It is a classic. Yeah. Dad joke, sorry. A dad joke, yeah. I think that's maybe an insult at me, is it? Yeah. Oh, definitely maybe. not. <laughs> so you're the head of school there, yeah. Vicky, is that yeah. right? And tell me this, to be, you know, that's a school for the blind. It is, yes. So do you have to be a different kind of a teacher to work in a school for the blind? I think you might need some different training in terms of skills, but no, as long as you are a person who wants to make a difference, that you can work with children and you can help them to achieve to their absolute potential, which is what every teacher does, no, you can you can come and see what we do. It's very special, it's very bespoke. We've got children from two to 19. Um, you know, it's a real challenge, it's hard work, um, but as we would always say, it's incredibly rewarding. Those little steps make all the difference. Well, I pick up your passion, yes, and how is it rewarding? 
oh my goodness, in so many different ways from seeing a child do something for the first time, say their first word, take their first step, um, just engage in something that they've never wanted to do before, taste something they've never tasted, through to passing a GCSE, you know, we have just such a range. Vicky, it sounds fantastic. I'll not hold you back. Thank you very much for talking to no us. No problem at all. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye. Hello, with me today at the Schools and Academy show is... Uh, Darren White. So how's it going, Darren? It's going well, thanks. It's been good. a really good day, yeah. Yeah, what's your reason for being here? Um, so I'm uh, Academic Technologies Lead for Academies Enterprise Trust, so we've got 57 schools across the country. Uh, I'm here today mainly looking at EdTech Solutions and, and also networking with other people as well. Uh, but also, I just really like this event um, because it's it feels more kind of policy and more kind of decision making and less salesy than maybe some of the some of the larger shows. So I always find the opportunity to visit the smaller theatres and listen to different voices and different people's opinions really, really valuable. Okay. So it's mainly ed tech and things you're looking at? Yep, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And um, so ed tech is the way forward really? Absolutely. I'm very fortunate to be in a session earlier on with AQA talking about moving forward with digital exam solutions and things like that and I there's some way to go there. I think there's a, there's a lot of sort of ambiguity still, um, and also looking at solutions being quite a long way off still, which is a bit of a surprise. Looking at 2030, feels like a long time away, and a lot's going to happen in that time. Um, so you know, we challenged them on that, and, uh, and we got some some interesting answers. Um, but yeah, generally looking at those those different opportunities that are out there and, and the different products. But the, the, one of my best takeaways has actually been the. Um, the storable desks for um, um, for school halls and, and restaurants, which just fold away into a tiny little wall pocket, which, you know, things like this, that's why I like it, because you come and you see something completely different that we'll then take back and share with the rest of our team and the wider estates team. Um, so it has an impact across the whole, all of our schools and across all of the trust. Darren, thank you very much. You're very welcome, thank you. Thank you. me today is hi I'm Molly I'm a Chinese secondary history teacher from the University of Wolverhampton and also with me is hi Saman here and I'm also a trainee history teacher from University of Wolverhampton so as trainee teachers um, what, what what made you choose teaching so um, whilst at school we had a really good history department and I think uh, wanting to uh, like re uh, what's it called? Like recreate that for other students, um, as history is often a subject that not a lot of students enjoy or feel they don't connect with. Okay. And for me, it was more of the personal development side and how school built my confidence and gave me the opportunities um, for the future as well. So student leadership, which I was heavily involved with, volunteering, um, and then giving back. So, and I thought history is a subject where you can use to develop skills, learn more about the past uh, and the future as well. So that's why I wanted to become a teacher. And teaching has something of a mixed reputation at the minute. Do you have any concerns entering the teaching profession? Um, I think at the moment there is a lot of focus on um, staff and student well-being. Um, so we can hope that this, the improvement in this will help teacher retention. Okay. 
Um, I think also it's the nature of students are change, is changing and how they are reacting to work being set and rules. So I think we need to start looking at the culture of behaviour and how kids are act, reacting and create that relationship to make sure teaching is better for students and staff as well on a whole. And what brings you to today's show? Uh, today we've come to network, uh, have a look on what's on, have a look at what's on offer for when we do qualify next year. Yeah, and no, I'd agree with that, and especially just to um, just experience and see people, um, teachers and organisations, which can help us as well on our journey, which we might not know of if we never came. So that's why we're here today. Well, good luck with your placements. Okay, and I hope your degrees work out really well for you. Bye now. Have you checked out EatonX? Well, if not, head over to EatonX.com. If you work at a state school, all of your students can get free access right now to EatonX, an extensive library of online courses for you and your students to access on demand whenever they want. Check it out, EatonX.com, E-T-O-N-X.com. Enjoy. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. In today's educational environment, students and teachers are juggling a mix of face-to-face, -face, online and blended learning courses. Canvas by Instructure helps teachers navigate these diverse learning experiences with a user-friendly virtual learning environment that offers flexible access to courses and a consistent learning experience, all while streamlining everyday teaching processes. The world's best schools and universities are using Canvas to create dynamic courses, collaborate seamlessly, and access actionable data that drives student success. On the 24th to the 26th of January, 2024, Bet UK is back and even better for educators. New for 2024, Table Talks empowers educators to collaborate openly and connect deeply with like-minded individuals in the education space, as well as tech user labs, the brilliant new tutorials and working groups at BET, where technology users will learn how to get more out of their institution's tech from the top education technology experts in the world. Whatever your goal, you'll find it at BET 2024. Educators go free. Get your tickets today at www.uk.betshow.com forward slash visitor dash registration. So I'm here at the Skills and Academy show today and I'm here with Kerry Hinton. Kerry, tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I'm principal of Stone Soup Academy. We're an alternative provision in the centre of Nottingham. Okay. So, right. do you know what that is? An alternative provision? AEP, I do, AEP. of course. Excellent. Yes, okay, certainly so, do, yeah. Yeah, so we meet the needs of over 100 young people 
in Nottingham, aged uh, 11 to 18. 11 to 18, yeah. yeah. So what's a typical day like for you, Kerry? Typical day, uh, busy, yeah. generally. Mm -hmm. um, our students arrive at the door at 9 o'clock. Um, the SLT are there at the door, we shake their hands. They come into the academy. Um, we go round to their lessons, we give them breakfast, we give them lunch, we give them everything that they need to make them successful. Mm -hmm. Students are with us full-time, permanent, um, all week, five days a week, and we have some fantastic outcomes for our young people. Yeah. What do students, if, if there was only one thing you could say, what do students in AEP really need? Quality, a quality provision that provides them with what they need, personalised to them. Okay, all right. And tell me this, um, you teach a curriculum? Do you teach absolutely. them a curriculum? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about things like, um, and I hate the term soft skills, yeah. but you know, it's things like interpersonal qualities, skills and abilities, public speaking and so on. Yeah. How important are those things? Absolutely. I mean, everything is, you know, our, everything that we do is geared up to make our young people successful when they leave us. Um, so that means that we have to give them the breadth of qualifications to give them qualifications which are keys to open doors for the future um, and we do that very successfully but they can't access those qualifications unless they've got the confidence to walk through a door sit down and do the work the resilience to be able to take the failures and the confidence to be able to go into an exam hall and actually sit those exams so it's about everything it's about us when we talk about meeting them at the door and shaking hands with them you know that's the start of their journey those softer skills it's all about that interaction uh, that makes our young people very successful how do you give them confidence, Kerry? We give them experiences. So, for example, an alternative provision, you might expect it not to have the, the sort of quality that you might get in a mainstream environment, but we give them that and more. So, for example, we took uh, our young people to New York um, this year in, at Easter. We're taking another group of young people to Spain. Now, this gives them confidence. This is giving our young people, people that have been excluded from mainstream education or at risk of exclusion, those opportunities that wouldn't normally be open to them. And if you can take somebody on that sort of journey with you and support them on that journey, then that's what gives them the confidence. And we do that throughout the day. And that might be something as small as supporting them to come up and ask for something at break time. Um, to When we do our mock exams, to walk and talk them through the actual exam process so that they can enter and do sit their exams when it comes down to it in the summer. So why can a mainstream school not do what you can do? Well, you know, to a certain extent they're constrained um, by different constraints, even though we get offsted in exactly the same way, uh, they have to provide a certain um, set of qualifications and it's very difficult for them to move away from that. We've got additional funding for the students that we have, so we've got the funding to do it, and we've got the passion to do it as well. I'm not saying the mainstreams don't, but you know, our young people, we want to provide them with everything that perhaps they can't get in a mainstream environment, because that's where they fail to thrive, but they thrive with us. Um, and we work very much in collaboration with our mainstream skills. It's a partnership, um, you know, and we try and share our skills um, with them and equally it's vice versa just so we can get the best for that young person. Do teachers teach differently in an AEP? Um, I think we have to be far more flexible so for example our rules and expectations of, of rules we have less rules uh, so for example we don't have a uniform 
Uh, we wouldn't expect students to bring their equipment to the lesson. We provide everything for them. So what we try to do is to break down all those barriers to learning. The most important thing for us is about the learning. So we try and reduce that. Now in a lot of schools, you know, that's difficult for a teacher because they've got certain things they've got to adhere to. Uh, our behaviour policy is, is very clear and it does have expectations and lines over which we cannot pass, but we still try to be a bit more flexible. So uh, less, we're more like an elastic band. Our, our aim is to, to get the, the students over the line and to get them their qualifications and make them successful and support them once they've even left us as well. So you're the principal of an AAP. Yeah. Does that mean, you know, teachers, um, the teachers in your setting need to be treated differently? You know, there, there are clearly additional pressures and stresses on them. You've outlined some of them there. Yeah. Do they need to be treated differently? Well, well-being is a key point of what we actually do. Um, and, and we provide a lot for our staff in terms of well-being. But, you know, for me, it's about positivity. It's one of our core values, it's about positivity. And that's from the people that we appoint as well. We expect them to have that real sort of can-do attitude because if you're expecting that from the young people you've really got to demonstrate that and model that so for example with our staff you know we provide them with, with they don't have to pay for anything they don't pay for their lunches they don't pay for their coffees we do uh, something called sunshine moments on a Friday where we talk about the wonderful things that our young people have done every Friday so they leave us on a high um, we have very much the support in place in terms of our school structures. Um, so teachers aren't teaching on their own, there's a whole support network underneath them, supporting them. And um, what we do is we, we work in collaboration with all our staff, so we have an engagement team that is equally as important as our teaching team, and together we push the students forward. So you're not working on your own, um, it's very much about what support is in place for you. Just tell me what your engagement team, what is that, what does that mean? All right, well our engagement team are our support network in school. So our, we have personal coaches that have, say, 10 students that they work with. And those people, they'll get those relationships with those young people. They'll get them into school. They'll be ringing them first thing in the morning, getting them in. They'll be making those relationships with parents. So it's, it's relationships, relationships, relationships. They're sort of the key things that we need for it to operate well. And our engagement team are the, are the sort of core of what we do. Our teachers teach, our engagement team engage, and together we get success for our students. So I, I think you've already done a lot of it, but just describe the ethos of your AEP for me. Um, well, the ethos is around creating unimagined futures. That's that's really what we our vision for our academy, and that sort of underpins everything that we, we do. Um, and it is around, you know, when you look at a young person when they've faced ex either permanent exclusion or they're on the, the road to permanent exclusion, when they come into the academy, you know, they think they've failed, their parents think they've failed, they think that they aren't capable of anything. And so we have to go around really changing that opinion. And we do that through our positivity, through our calm and caring nature, through kindness, through vision, through an innovative curriculum, through an innovative way of delivering the curriculum. But not only that, it's about how we look after them after they've left. So 
that, you know, there's lots of, of data out there around NEETs and students that are in alternative provision, um, but we change that. So we support our learners through our pastoral sixth form, and we still look through, look after them. We um, we advocate for them down in their colleges and their places of work, and we still support them up years after they've actually left. So you'll see that if you ever came to our academy, students that are our alumni are still coming back to our academy uh, to talk to us at times of needs and at times of celebration. So it is relationships, relationships, oh, relationships. Oh God, absolutely. And it never ends. No, There's absolutely. no end to yeah. that relationship. Yeah, but that should be the same surely across every educational environment. You know, we're all here for the benefit of the young people. We're there in it for them. Um, you know, it, it is really that sort of vocation to make a difference to our young people. And your, your, your ethos or your vision, you said it was creating imagined... Unimagined. Because unimagined. unimagined, absolutely, and that's really important because our young people can't imagine a future. They think it's the end when they mm -hmm. join an alternative provision, and we have to turn that around. We have to show them that they can be a success, that they can achieve, and they are worthy of that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a battle every day. I'm not saying it's easy, um, but, you know, it's what we're all passionate about, and it's, and it's what we do really well at. Beautiful, fantastic, okay. So I'm at the Eat Next stand here today and at the minute I'm with Claire. Claire, tell us who you are and why you're here today. I'm Claire Rouse and I'm Assistant Principal at Thomas Deakin Academy and I'm here to um, find out new different edtech um, technologies for schools to look at different, uh, the DFE, digital strategy and what they're going to support schools with um, and looking at anything really edtech that can help to improve progress for students. Okay, that sounds really good, yeah. Now I know you said you're here to look at EdTech and mm -hmm. so on, but you've just visited the Next Stand, yeah. and you know they provide courses on what we might call soft skills and so on. H how do you manage soft skills in in your school? You know things like public speaking, getting on with each other. I think it's assumed knowledge in curriculums. Actually, I think we teach it throughout the curriculum. So as an English teacher myself, we teach them speaking and listening skills as part of the curriculum. But I don't think it's taught as openly as, as what it could be. So one of the things that I quite liked about the stand that I'm here with today is that they offer the online free free courses mm -hmm. um, and something that you can bring into perhaps PHE, PSHE lessons, things like that. Yeah. And do you think those, uh, and I don't like the term soft skills, but mm. do you think those uh, skills and qualities and abilities that people have, do you think they're important? I think they're really important, but I think we're living in a generation that they'll find it quite difficult. Um, so I think with COVID hitting, they wouldn't have had as many communica communication opportunities with different people. Um, and we're seeing that quite a lot in schools at the moment. So it's about building their confidence in talking out loud, um, building their confidence in, in all sorts of different curriculum areas. Um, so although they're called soft skills, I think they're actually quite difficult for some. And then we've got our SEND students as well, um, who obviously struggle significantly with those. So um, anything really that, that people can do to support them, I'm, I'm all for. And do you think there's a place for those kind of skills and, yes. and acquiring those qualities in an already packed curriculum? I think so, because uh, very similar to digital, um, digital should be part and parcel of and used where necessary. And I think the same sort of skills are, are useful across the curriculum. It doesn't matter what you're teaching them, you've got to teach them how to respond back to you correctly, say things correctly um, and communicate correctly with respect. Um, so yeah, I think they can be utilised across
guys, so I'm here at the Eat Next stand and I'm with Fergus. Fergus, just introduce yourself. Uh, I am Head of Computing at Seton House School. We are a small independent school located in London. Uh, very small class sizes and uh, we've recently uh, really, really invested in our education and edtech platform. Uh, post pandemic, we realized that we were quite behind on it all. So we've uh, put a lot of money into it and uh, we're now thriving. Oh, that sounds really good. Excellent. So what brings you here today then? Uh, so as the head of computing, I just like to keep my foot on the pulse really and, and keep abreast of what's going on in digital education and things like that. I am a self-confessed nerd. I absolutely love this stuff. Um, so I follow uh, quite a lot of the stands and quite a lot of the people that are talking here um, and just kind of find out what's going on really. It's not, uh, I'm not here specifically for anything, but when I came last year, we, it was really nice to sort of be introduced to the monitoring standpoints and things like that, the new uh, stuff that was going to be coming in. I could then take that back to the school and be like, this is what's coming up. So making sure that they were aware of what's going on. Um, and just generally seeing what things we can improve our, um, our, our provision for uh, and making sure the girls that we've got in our school are provided for the future that we've got no idea what's going to be coming, but it's good to make sure they're ready for it. Great. One of the things we know that's coming is AI. Yep. Do you have any worries about AI? I am worried, but I don't know why. Because you can argue, as, as they said in the uh, demonstration just then, there are obviously the problems with AI, you know, choosing cheating and, and maybe using the tool for ill, but I don't know what I'm worried about. I don't know what's coming. And as long as you stay up to date with all of the information, I mean, we had a lovely talk by the lady from the DFE just now about, um, you know, some of the dangers of AI and making sure that it's being used correctly. We're talking about, you know, reducing teacher workload, but again, it's, it's, it's a tech tool. It's, it needs to be used, it needs to be understood, and it needs to be uh, deployed in the right way. Fergus, that's great. I hope you get what you want from today. Thank you very much. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. Bye. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.